Welcome to the Mimi B Podcast. I'm your host, Mimi Bouchard, and this podcast is designed to help you become the best version of yourself possible. This podcast will motivate you and give you the tools that you need to get to where you want to be. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Mimi B Podcast. I just wanted to make a little intro before I introduce you to today's guest, Emily Gellis. Um, Basically, my intro for today is I have never done the F-Factor diet, and that's just a little disclaimer before you listen to this. I've never done it, and I have never had an experience, um, any experience with the product. So I just kind of wanted to say that this interview is really just to give Emily a voice on what she is currently up to with this whole drama. And if you have no idea what I'm talking about, and you're a listener, and you're just used to my personal development motivational episodes, then just to give you a little bit of backstory, um, basically I wanted to have Emily on today to talk about the controversy that she's involved in with the F-Factor diet. Um, it is a big news story in the health space right now, so it is, you know, appropriate for me to talk about on this show because we talk a lot about different health, you know, things, different diets. We talk about um, a lot on this podcast, so I thought it was, you know, something I should give a voice to and uh, let you guys hear Emily's side of the story. And as you guys um, are going to hear in the episode, I did an episode with Tanya a year and a half ago, and I never released it, um, and I won't be releasing it. So just keep that in mind and sorry for the burning curiosity. I'm so curious too. I would be the one that would be DMing me. Like I've gotten so many DMs from girls being like, can you release it? I'm not going to, but enjoy this episode with Emily. And I hope you guys have an amazing day. And for more motivational content and personal growthy content, then go ahead and listen to my other episodes. Um, this one's a little bit different as it is kind of more news focused, which I don't usually do. Um, but I, like I said before, still wanted to give it a voice and I had a great time chatting with Emily. So let's get right into the episode. Hey guys, today I'm here with Emily Gellis. If you haven't heard of Emily, she is so interesting. I'm so excited to chat with you today. No, I, I, I don't know what else to say. Like you're really ballsy and I'm really happy to have you on because it's, it, I look up to that. Like I'm a bit more of like a quiet. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm I'm super excited to have you on because everyone that listens to this podcast knows that we talk about a lot of health stuff, a lot of mental health stuff, and I thought it was appropriate to talk about this whole F factor thing going on. Um, and I really am happy to have Emily on to kind of share her story and how she got involved in all of this. And just as a little backstory um, for people that don't know what's going on, F-Factor is a diet created by Tanya Zuckerbrot. She's um, a New York uh, dietitian. I actually had her on the podcast a year and a half ago, never released the episode. We can get into that a bit later. But um, yeah, so she has her products and they've kind of been under heat right now, her protein powders and, and bars, uh, because apparently a lot of people have been, you know, coming forward saying that they've caused a lot of health issues for them. So I, from my kind of, um, I guess, scene on this whole situation, it really started with the products and it's kind of this story has really unraveled into so much more into more of the, um, the culture at her company, um, her as a person. And um, it's really just blown up and I'm so fascinated by it because, you know, I had a personal experience with her that I never really shared and, and I really only found out about all this stuff happening literally five days ago and it's been happening for a few months. So I'm kind of like, oh my God, I have to talk to Emily. We need, we need to talk about what's going on. Um, and I think it's important to have this discussion today as well because as we're going to get into, Emily's put herself on the line kind of being you know, the face for all these women that have come forward. And I want to talk about how, you know, there is this whole crazy cancel culture thing happening right now, but then there is also um, a place where it's right to speak out and where it's not cancel culture. So that's what we're going to get into as well today. Um, so yeah, sorry for the long intro. Welcome, Emily. Thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you for having me. So maybe, you know, I guess for people listening that don't know what's going on still, I want to hear your side of the story. How did this start? Kind of like an overview. How did you get into this? How did you start getting messages from girls um, with their crazy, you know, stories with this whole diet? And what made you feel like you needed to share this and 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 create a space for these women? 
So I first, so I, I had followed Tanya like years ago and uh, maybe I feel like a year ago or so I unfollowed her. I just felt like, um, you know, I'm a social media influencer, like entrepreneur. And, you know, like I tried to take my own advice that I give other people where if you follow an account and you don't, it doesn't like, make you happy, like unfollow it. Like you don't need to keep following it. And Tanya is very boastful and gloats a lot about her lifestyle. And it, it, it was driving me to compare my life and what, where I was. At, and I felt like it was making me feel bad about myself. So like, and I never followed her diet. So I just followed her because I met her once and she was like, follow me. And I was literally trying to be nice. And that was it. So I unfollowed her. I don't really pay attention, but I'm a Jewish girl from New York, from Long Island. That's where I grew up. F Factor is a very popular diet within New York and specifically within the Jewish community. So fast forward or rewind, I guess, to April of 2020, we're in the middle of a global pandemic. Everybody in New York is home and people are just looking for a little bit of brevity, I think, and enter uh, the account Dumois, which is an account that posts anonymous tips of celebrities and things like that. You know, it's like lighthearted gossip. They say that they never know if it's true or not. People send in tips and they just share. So <laughs> right around that time, Ariel Charnis was getting a lot of heat for her handling of COVID. And Dumois was like, okay, guys, I feel like you're pissed at influencers. Like, air your grievances right now. Like, send in tips about people that are influencers that piss you off. So I followed and I saw like somebody sent in what to me was a very alarming tip about Tanya and about F Factor. And it, the, the tip was twofold. First, it was saying that they were a private client, former private client, that Tanya had told them that if people in the Holocaust could survive without eating, that they should have no problem eating less. And the second part was that if you're taking an antidepressant and you're gaining weight, consider maybe not taking the antidepressant because like lesser of two evils, like you also gain weight. So I went on my Instagram and I was like, I don't know if this is true or not because I am just going off of an anonymous tip, but I turned it into a conversation about mental health. I take anti-anxiety medication. I'm very pro medication if you need it. It's helped me personally. And I just felt that it was very alarming to hear anybody say that, especially a health professional. So I just wanted to like say that to my people on my page. That was it. Fast forward to the beginning of July, these accounts pop up on Instagram, these two anonymous accounts that no longer exist. Page six has eyes and bitsy whispers. A longtime follower of mine was a mother of like two girls that are probably my age. I'm 34 writes me and she's like, have you seen these accounts and what they're posting? And I was like, no. So I go and look at one of them, page six has eyes, and they're making very damning allegations about the F-factor diet and serious, serious health allegations about these side effects from the diet. My follower that sent it to me then proceeds to tell me her daughter's story. Her daughter now only has three, uh, one quarter of her colon. She had three quarters of her colon removed after seeing uh, Tanya privately or being a private client of F-factor, doing the powders, doing the whatever. So she, so I was like, oh my God. So I, I see these stories. I take like one or two of screen grabs of them. I think it was about losing your period and about something else, hives, rashes, whatever. And I post them on my feed again, knowing that my community would speak up or say something if there was something there. And that's where it started from that day till today, which is, I don't know, that was in August or beginning of August, end of July, it's September 7th. I, not a day goes by that I don't get messages. It started as hundreds. It turned into thousands a day. So uh, my haters will say like other diets are bad. Why don't you talk about that? Well, other diets very well might be bad. I'm not saying this is the only negative diet. And I'm also not saying that it couldn't work for some people because I can't say what works for some people. The problem with F factor as I see it is that they do not allow women to voice negative concerns. And Tanya Zuckerberg is, I call it a la Kardashian branding, where she is her brand, her brand is her. And I've compared it to luxury brands where you don't even know who's behind the brands, but that is not the case with Tanya Zuckerberg. She's synonymous with her diet. So when people would comment negatively, they would either delete or block the comments. And people have now become 
very diligent in screenshotting their own comments when they write them and then showing an hour later or however, you know, that they disappear. So I decided that I needed to give these women a, a, a platform and, you know, I am pretty ballsy and like, I have a following and I knew that like somebody like me would be a very hard opponent for them to silence. Although they've stopped short at nothing besides like literally trying to kill me to shut me up. But like, it just, you know, every time they attempt to silence me, I just out their attempt to silence me. And like, although, you know, they hired this guy, Lanny Davis, who's all about whose motto is deny, deny, deny until you die. Like they could deny forever that this exists, but people are able to put the pieces together themselves. Like these are like long time. A lot of people following me now are long time followers of diet that have kind of watched the evolution and that even some of them have written me, like, I wanted to hate you, but like, you kind of like, I, I can't like what you're saying is true. Um, and like, it's not a personal thing. That's what I think is confusing because Tanya's brand is about herself. It's not about Tanya. I don't care about Tanya or I don't care or not care about her. I, she's not in my life and her personal life is not my business and how she really runs for business is not my business. I just made it my business to give these women a voice to be a place to be, to have their voices like her. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy. You know, how many girls have messaged you and that's what makes it like really shocking what you've had 10,000 messages or something like more. Like, honestly, I need to go. I actually have to go and I need to go and count. I need to, you need to like, create a Dropbox folder with everything. Like, yeah. It's, it's backed up in the cloud, not to worry. Wow. <laughs> Honestly, like, that's the shocking thing, though. It's like, yeah, of course, you know, people have their thoughts about certain products, certain diets. But if, you know, tens of thousands of people are coming forward and saying that that certain things have happened to them and it's all kind of similar, you know, there's something to look into there. Um, and obviously, you know, Tanya's come out and released the COA reports. What do you think about that? I mean, I think it's, I didn't know much about like this stuff before, but it's become very apparent to me that transparent companies actually list their COAs on their website. You don't have to ask and others will provide it right away upon asking. They made a really big deal and they gave a lot of pushback, but people might, you know, people push back harder to get it released. And I, like, I don't believe it. I don't know. I can't say like, it's being independently tested. I know the New York times is independently testing it. Um, the Today Show had somebody like analyze what they provided, but like nobody, like, look, it's not, it wouldn't be responsible for people to just believe what they provide at this point. Like they have to go and independently test it. And like, I initially was going to do that, but there are other reputable sources doing it. And I don't have time to do it right now. Like I have enough going on. And honestly, it's not easy necessarily. It's not something that consumers don't usually need to do this because usually they'll provide it. So they have created their own shitstorm. Like Tanya can can hate me all day, every day, and complain about me and say that I'm on a smear campaign, which she like said a hundred thousand times, and call me the girl that just sells clothes in the New York Times and insult me on national. T I don't care. Like she and her brand have created this massive question. They open themselves up to the criticism and the criticism is not going to go away. I think they keep thinking tomorrow it's going to go away. Tomorrow it's not. It's, and it's, it's because there were so many people affected. Like she went on national television and told America that they got, and she said it yesterday, 56 complaints and 176,000 purchase orders. I have received 10,000 plus complaints in one month. And I know that I'm not even reaching all the F factor people because she won't even say my name on her. She, she doesn't even want to let anybody know who I am because she doesn't want them to find me and find all the information because everything is saved. If anyone wants to go back and look at it from the beginning, they can go on my page at Emily Gellis and look at the discussion highlights. It starts with open discussion and then it goes discussion two to 14. We're at now that's a hundred slides each. And that is not everything. So it's okay, crazy. so this is just wild. My question for you is like, do you think Tanya just thinks these 10,000 people are lying? Like, do you think that she's just trying to, you know, what do you think she thinks? Like, that's my I, question, you know? 
I think she doesn't care. I think it's a business for her. And like, she could say that she cares all she wants, but if you, if you're a caring person and you know, I own a business, like I own a skincare business and we've had one person that didn't like the product. And like, look, when somebody says something like that is like personal to you and it's not a positive thing, it does hurt your feelings and it, it does sting for a second. But the way to make it better is to acknowledge it. It's not to gaslight them and be like, you're all crazy. And also it's just ludicrous because obviously where there's smoke, there's fire. There's a reason for that expression. It's, it's, it's just, it's not made up. And I did ask people to start going on the record because I said, you guys got to use your names here. And, and that's a whole other issue of like shaming anonymous sources because somebody yesterday wrote me, and this is like, this is how heavy this stuff is. Somebody wrote me, I'm a rape victim. And this is so horrible to say because people have all sorts of reasons for why they want to be anonymous. Tanya is very wealthy. Her family is known to be litigious and they love throwing around authorities. They did it yesterday. she's putting people on notice. Like what in the world does that even mean? You know, uh, they're, they're with the authorities. I mean, I have so much I could say there. I'm not even going to say it. I'm just going to say that like, she will eat those words someday. And like, about what, like about what? I mean, and also, I don't know who she's referring to when she's talking about, like, she said, she'll let people know the people behind this stuff. Yeah. I mean, so there's nobody behind me. I think that there's accusations that it's like Anthony's ex-wife, Dale. I think that they think it was this other woman that was a former F-Factor private client turned influencer turned not into it. Like, there's nobody behind me. Nobody has paid me to do this. I actually lose money every day doing this because, you know, I'm a blogger. I'm not a blogger. I'm an influencer that makes money through affiliate links. And usually I could post 20 links a day to my, to when I, people buy them and I make a commission. <laughs> like now I post stories all day long of other women's stories. Like, you know, I mean, and, and you're fine. the vessel. It's not like you're the one coming up with stories. You're just the person that the yeah. stories are coming through, right? You're yeah. not writing them. No. And then somebody like, accused me of like doing revolve swipe up links and like, how serious could I be about the story when I'm posting swipe up links in the middle of it? And I was like, I'm sorry. And this is someone that followed me for a long time too. And I was like, this is my career. Like, should I not pay my rent so that I can cover this story? Like, what do you mean? Like you're shaming me for what I do for like, it's just like, no, also what are you gaining from this? Like you're not like, no, they keep saying that I'm gaining 15 minutes of fame and I'm like, not to be arrogant, but like I am more, I was more famous on Instagram, at least than Tanya. Like I had more followers than her. And like, now I have more followers because people are like, what the hell is going on here? And like a lot of like people are, are, like covering this story, you know, like, look, like the New York times put it in the front page of the Thursday style section. It was a big piece. They chose to put me on the cover. Like they shot me for the article. Like they made a decision there. They were like, we are going to highlight what you are doing for this because we think that's what should be highlighted, you know? (laughs) So like, it's like, say whatever you want. Like I didn't just pop up out of nowhere. And the funny thing is that like, you know, I come from a fashion background. I'm in the fashion space and Tanya is in the dietitian space, but she mingles in a, with a lot of people in my, in my world. But like, I have a reputation in my world and like, I've been around, like I'm 34. I was a buyer for Intermix. Like I, I know a lot of people that she knows and it's, it's not a competition, but like behind the scenes, a lot of them are writing me like, keep going. So it's just funny. Like, you know, people, I think in 2020 are fed up. Like the pandemic is crazy. Staying at home for a while is crazy. It makes you really, really think and really, really evaluate things and evaluate your world and what information you want to take in and what you want to get out of it. And to speak to your earlier point about cancel culture and like where that fits in, like this couldn't be further from cancel culture. I'm an influencer. So I obviously don't support cancel culture because cancel culture would be canceling me and my, my colleagues. I've been very critical of my former colleagues for lack of transparency in the past. And this is actually nothing new. This is just me being critical of a different category of a, an influencer, which Tanya sometimes calls herself an influencer, but sometimes loves to go off of her dietitian credentials, which is also confusing to me. 
But anyway, I don't believe in cancel culture, but I mean, accountability culture, let's call it, is important. And even my husband, he's quoted in the end of the article of the New York Times because the reporter asked him, what did you think about this? You know, when Emily started, you know, talking about it and it was the same for my husband, for my sister, for my dad. Obviously they loved me and they were worried about me. You know, Lanny Davis is a very well-known big name. For anyone who doesn't know, he represented Harvey Weinstein for a period of time. Um, Michael Cohen and former Bill Clinton, all extremely guilty men. So make what you want of it. But they were like, do you really want to do this? And, and my husband was not so happy with what I was doing, but then, you know, we're together all the time. And he was like, all right, read me some of the stories. Like, you know, you're always on your phone, like your head is in your phone. You don't pick it up. What are you reading? And I read it to him and I, I read one that I, I read them at 10 in a row. And he was just like, okay, you have to do this. Like, you know, you just, you just, you, you just are the person right now and you just got to do it. And I was like, I know, I know that's why I'm doing it. So, wow. And I love what you said there as well. Like, listen, like I hate cancel culture too. I'm against it. And I think that it's just tormenting and bullying, but you know, what's interesting. You're the one being bullied from what I've seen. You've had a lot, you've had threats, you've had a stalker, you've had to get the FBI involved. I mean, they, 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 so Tanya's smarter than to, you know, do it herself. She has other people do her dirty work. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I have someone that's so, there's this woman or I don't know what they are. That's what I presume. And she threatened to kill my family and she lives in the same town supposedly as my family. So like I woke up one, she had been threatening me from her dog's account. And then she has like five accounts. I mean, I don't know, five Instagram accounts, five TikTok accounts. She's a big F factor person. She posts the powder every day. She says she can't live without it. And first the threats started from her dog account. And then I let her threaten me a little bit because I needed something to go to the police with. So I just let her, you know, I let her, I let her talk. I blocked her. Then people started sending me this other account that was saying the same crap. And then I was like, oh my God. Then, so she had blocked her account or I had, I had blocked her and she was private. So I couldn't see her feed. And on, on Friday, I was in Montauk and I woke up in the middle of the night. My best friend is pregnant and she's always, so she doesn't sleep ever because it's hard to sleep. And she was like, Em, did you see this? And she's texting me at 2 30 in the morning and it's an impersonation account. So there's an account that she made, E M I L Y G E L I S S. And I have two L's in my name and one S. She's like, they're trying to like talk to me. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, it's this woman. I know it. And so I go look at the woman's page. It would be, she made it public and it's all these threats against me. And then my fan, and, you know, like kind of like ominous things about my family. And then the next day I'm at Gurney's, which is like, I, at first I was trying to not say where I was because I know that I'm like being like watched. Like, I, I don't, you know, I don't know if there's someone outside watching me, but I just know like this controversy has reached really far and wide. There's a lot of people in New York that know this story and it's a little bit uncomfortable for me. Like I've, I'm getting stopped all the time and I really don't know if people love me or hate me. I'm always like, do you like me or not? Like, so, you know, like I never know. And so I was at Gurney's and it's Gurney's is somewhere where like, you kind of can tell like where you are and like, I was between both properties. So I feel like people didn't really know where I was, like where I was staying. And this woman that was been stalking me starts posting videos like we love Montauk and then posting from Gurney's and in the parking lot. And it's creepy. Like it, you know, it just, it made my heart like sink a little bit. And every time I'm like, okay, like, you know, like my friend, I have a friend that um, is a private investigator and he was like, M like if they wanted to, touch you like I mean this is the truth like they would have done it already like if they want you know like this is just intimidation this is just stalking this is just harassment and I've already filed a police report the FBI is like involved because it's like intense aggravated harassment and cyber stalking and you know Tanya has the nerve to go on her page and talk about her smear campaign yet I've yet to see proof of one person you know I see people mad in her dms and i've seen people question her motives and be pissed but i haven't seen anything like what i've experienced like not even close and i don't know that it doesn't exist but 
I've already said to her, like, post it and post it. Like, you know, because there's serious allegations. Like some of her followers are like, her children were threatened. I said, I will never condone that ever. Obviously children have nothing to do with this. Her husband has nothing to do with it. Although he did DM me and he does have something to do with it because he has to do with the business. But like, it's like, my husband doesn't go on my Instagram page and start defending me. My sister doesn't go on my Instagram page and start defending me. My family has nothing to do with this. This is me. And that's it. And like, I agree. Like I would, I would say the same thing about her family and her children. I won't even, I don't even know them or anything about them and they don't matter. They're not part of this story, but like stop making accusations that people are doing something to you, but then you're sending people, sending them, I don't know to do to me. And like in an, in such a way that like, I told my doorman, like, don't tell anybody that I live here. Like literally if even packages, like, I mean, I get FedEx, whatever, but I was like, if somebody comes with a messenger package, if it's not something that you recognize, just, I don't want it. I don't know. These people are willing to go to any length to shut me up. And if you want to look into any serious cover up, that's what happens. You know, the mm-hmm. same thing happened to Ronan Farrow. I, he wrote a book about it called catch and kill when he was on to Harvey Weinstein. And I think that very wealthy people sometimes like think that they're invincible and that it's easier to just get rid of people or silence them. You know, somebody asked me if Tanya offered you money, would you have not talked? And I was like, no, like I don't need blood money. Thank you very much. Like I'll live my, my poor life in my one bedroom apartment. Fine. And you know, I'll work my way up the the legitimate way. And, and I'll live by the moral code that I was raised by, which is the reason why I'm even doing this. You know, my dad is like a lawyer and he was, you know, he was nervous about this because I'm his daughter. You know, he can't look at me as a client. He can't look at me like as what I'm doing for the good. He couldn't watch me and look at me in the New York Times without being like, this is my daughter going up against Lanny Davis. Like, it's just not a good thing, you know? Oh my and my aunt, you know, my, my aunt called my dad and was like, Oh my God. But then, you know, like I spoke to my counsel went before the today show and I was, and we were just went over like what my point, what I wanted to drive home, which is like, this is about the victims. This is not about anything personal, but like the attempts to silence me are scary. And the attempts to delegitimize me and the victims are also scary. And this always could have been a different story. If F factor decided that they would acknowledge that women were in pain and that there was questionable things going on with their products, you and I wouldn't be sitting here. I wouldn't be doing anything that I'm doing. And the story honestly would have been over. But the idea that it's being perpetuated is happening because of how they have handled the story. Yeah, it's so true. You know, if I were them, I would, the second I hear these, you know, comments, I'd be like, wow, you know, let's look into our products. It might not be a coincidence that thousands and thousands of women are coming forward saying that they've been hospitalized because of the same issues, gastrointestinal, you know, rectal bleeding and kidney stones and all these things that keep coming up, you know. I, yeah. I would question it, and it's um, definitely alarming that the first response is just to fight back. And I guess, you know, a lot of people are like that. But at the end of the day, you know, if you are creating ingestible products, that's a big responsibility. And it's not like you're just promoting a diet, whatever. It's it's like you're promoting, like, things to eat and put inside of your body. And, and that's scary uh, to be responsible for that. And I bet she's scared, too. And, you know, I... I, do you think that she's known all along that her products might not be 100% healthy? Or do you think that she truly believes that her products are 100% safe and she uses them herself and it might be something that she just wasn't aware of? Well, this is an interesting topic that's come up a lot. And I hope that people start to realize this. You can't trust everything you see on the internet. And I know that that is like very alarming because here I am and my whole profession is based off of you trusting me on the internet, but people need to be a little bit more discerning with who they follow and what they decide to take home and like put into their life. Just because Tanya goes like this and makes this drink, I don't know that she's drinking this drink. I'm not saying she is or she isn't. I'm just saying I don't know. And same for her kids, because people always say, like, she feeds it to her kids. 
And I tell them, you really don't know what her kids are eating. Do you live in her house? Are you friends with her? Like that's the, you don't, people just don't know. It's like the internet, you know, I think that I put so much of my life on the internet, but a hundred, a hundred stories a day, 15 second clips. What is it? Five minutes of my life. Like you're talking about, I mean, I don't know, like it's nothing of my whole day. So if you look back to 2011, 2012, early F-Factor diet, pre-product, pre-powder, pre-this, pre-that, I think that she was, the diet was much different. I think that there was, she, there's a segment I posted where she's making whole wheat French toast. That's stark, in stark contrast to making powdered waffles. Um, I think that she got remarried and her husband is a business person and she talked about wanting to be the next Weight Watchers. And if that was her formula, a company like Weight Watchers obviously has a lot of products. And how do you become attractive to like a big Fortune 500 company to purchase you? Well, you have to have products for the masses. You know, her individual service is $20,000. Who is paying that to go and see a dietitian? Like not me. Even if I was rich, I wouldn't pay that. That's just astronomical to me. And how do you appeal to the masses? You go on social media, which is free, and you sell them a powder and a bar, which is $40 for a package, and you get customers all over the country. So if you look to 2018, from there on, what started as, you know, whatever became like, eat, and maybe it went from eat powder here and there to, these are meals you can eat every single day with powder. And I posted it today. It will be saved in probably discussion 14 highlight where Tanya talks about there is not too much. You, you, she, she says this is quoting her. You can't eat too much fiber in a day, which is untrue. And that you could eat as much of this powder and bars as you want. Okay. Well, that is a business decision in my opinion, because 176,000 purchase orders is a lot in two years. That's not a small number. So that's why this story is picked up. This reaches far. This reaches wide. And do I think that she like is an evil woman that wanted to poison people? No. Does that mean that she's not causing them harm? No, because she's telling them to eat this powder four times a day. You know, put it in your coffee, put it in your smoothie, put it in your salad dressing, put it in your tomato sauce. It's ridiculous. And like, if you really take a step back and you talk to a doctor and they're like, you're not feeling good and you tell them you're putting powder in all your food, I'm pretty sure they're going to be like, what are you, you know, like, I, what are you doing? Like I lived in Europe and like the idea of putting, you know, like I always think like they're much healthier and they're skinnier than Americans and they eat everything because they just don't use the artificial crap that we use. And guar gum, which is a main component, high, they use like a hydrolyzed, I don't know, like a version of it is banned in the EU. So it's allowed here. There were lawsuits over it in the 1980s. They used the safer version. But like, I mean, think for yourselves, guys. Like, is that a good thing to be eating? Is it good to eat it four times a day? Like, no. Is it a money-making machine for them? Yes. So she's the one that said she wanted to be the next Weight Watcher. So I just think that this was a business decision. And this was like what she did to be able to, she claims to supplement you know, fiber, but any RD that I've spoken to for the most part says like, why would you, you know, like tell, we tell people to eat real foods. Like we do not tell people once in a while, again, you're in an airport, you're like in a crunch, like you're, you're starving. You really don't want to eat something that's like a cheeseburger. I understand if you like eat a bar, but like in your day-to-day life, like do you need to be making waffles every day with, with powder in it? Like I think that there's like, you can make these like banana pancakes that have like egg and banana. I made them over quarantine with a little baking soda and they're really good, you know? And so I don't, I, I, I think that it's like a story of like greed. Yeah. It's a story of like, you know, more is more. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's the, the thing that is interesting to me is that it's not just the products and it's not just the, you know, allegations of what it was like working for her. It's kind of everything from what I've seen as an outsider. Um, what do you think about that? So obviously, you know, with the product, she's released the COAs and, uh, you know, she's trying to make it right on her end in whatever way that she feels is best. But now we're moving kind of towards when everyone's been digging deeper and coming forward too. you know, initially people were coming to you 
experience telling them or telling you about their experience going to the hospital, their experience with with issues, uh, with health issues. And then it's kind of evolved into this like, oh, wait, like not just the products, but I've actually developed eating disorders working for her. I've actually X, Y, and Z, all these people messaging you saying that, um, you know, what do you think about just the correlation between it all? And do you think that, you know, like, what do you think should happen with the future of F Factor? I mean, I knew from the beginning, uh, Rebecca Bear was a former RD there. She was on my, she's on my feed today. It will, it will live in my IGTV. So you can go up, anyone can go and watch it. She worked for Tanya for five and a half years. Rebecca is one of the first people that reached out to me in July. And she's made massive strides since we first spoke. She was petrified of anybody knowing her name, of anybody knowing anything. And yesterday, Tanya turned Rebecca herself. Rebecca called me and she was like, that's it. Like, screw it. Like, I want to go on the record. I'm tired of her, like, talking shit and lying about all of us. And I was just like, all right, like, let's do it. So Rebecca told me. So I always knew in the background that I knew that this was, like, a mega story. Like, there's, there's a reason that, like, writers... TV writers for like HBO have already reached out to me, like book writers, like everybody wants a piece of this story because it's not, it's not a one track pony type story. Like there are so many elements to it. And there are so many reasons that the diet was people that it was so popular, but also like so messed up and like hidden in plain sight, like how not, good it was but it was like when something is so in your face every single day you kind of get brainwashed by it like you know like and and then you think to yourself like if i see this person every day and you do like their feet they're eat they're eating it and they're giving it to their kids it's like how bad could this really be like is this person really bad or is this person really lying or like i don't know and i think people were like they can't be and then they would go on the internet and they would look if there were any bad reviews and none so they were like, oh, it's just me, I guess. And like, so I always knew though that the corporate culture was going to come up. I wanted the victim stories to come first um, because they really have no skin in the game. Because I knew that Tanya is going to try to discredit any former employee from speaking by saying that there's some vendetta or some whatever. So I wanted the victim stories to really be out there. Um, you know, I want it. So they've, really Tanya really has not addressed that at all she actually just glazes right over that they really don't even talk about it um she loves to talk about so so I just posted I did the live last night I did the live with Rebecca and like just posted I'm sure F Factor is not happy about that and I'm sure they're gonna Rebecca talks about getting a pill addiction and have developing alcoholism She's 5'5". Five, five. She weighed under 100 pounds working there. She was weighed in the office. She Her BMI was taken. Um, yeah. She that's ended up so, in it. That's so messed up. I know. Yeah. Is that not legal? You can't weigh it's, stuff. Yeah. No, it's not. It's not. But um, I think the statute of limitations for, like, labor complaints is six years. So it's actually past it. But Rebecca's, like, in a good place now. And so yeah. I feel like it's okay that she's Has she gotten any, like, cease and desist letters from Tanya yet? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Has she come after you to sue you yet? Or, like, how, what's your contact? I don't know if you no. can talk about this and it's fine if not. No, she hasn't. No, I She hasn't contacted you directly or her, her lawyers no. haven't. I really think that I am a wild card for them. They, they, I just came out of like left field. They were not expecting me. You know, they thought that they could get a handle on me like they do on everyone else. And I just was like, no, like, I don't care. You know, like I haven't heard from their legal team. I anticipate at some point that I will, but Look, I, my dad's a lawyer. I grew up in the courtrooms of New York. Like I worked with him and I spent a lot of time working cases and uh, meeting judges and like sitting in on trials and judges have a very short temper and we're still living in a global pandemic and I haven't done anything wrong. So if F Factor wants to sue me for nonsense, for sport, you call it, in the middle of a global pandemic, I will gladly let the justice system do its job. And I don't think a judge will appreciate that. 
You know, like I am not a former employee. I'm not a former client. I'm basically a news source in this story and trying to control the press is very dangerous. Mm-hmm. So yeah. they can try, they can do whatever they want. I don't think it's, I, I, I think that they're going to have other much bigger fish to fry than me. There is yeah. pending litigation for a mass tort consumer fraud case for victims. I'm sure that the, I know about one in particular. I'm sure there's a multitude of them. Um, Liz, who was, her story was anonymously in the New York Times and she went public on a web, on a podcast called Off the Gram on Friday with her story is suing them for releasing her client records. They Lanny Davis sent her client records to the New York Times, um, which is a violation. Um, and she was the one that had an eating disorder as well, yeah. right? Liz was 70, 76 pounds when she met Tanya. And, Tanya, and Liz is 5'3". So Tanya said, Tanya has really flip-flopped on this issue about whether or not they treat people with eating disorders. So I think money talks. And she was very happy to take the $40,000 from Liz. But she told Liz that when she got to 99 pounds that she better not go above it. So, yeah, you know, like whatever. And that's not the only person that she's treated with an eating disorder. A girl I'm going tomorrow to do a podcast with somebody that was a private client had an eating disorder. Their mother called and said, my daughter has an eating disorder. Like, can you help? They said, yes. She didn't see Tanya. She she saw Shana, who's no longer there. Um, And she was like, even though like they were, Shana was really nice. Like I knew that this place was was furthering my eating disorder. She told me, she's like, the first thing they do when you walk in is take your BMI and wait for somebody with an eating disorder. That's extremely triggering because like, obviously you live your whole life, like revolving around a number and around the scale. And even for me, like I've never had disordered eating. I've dieted, I've yo-yoed, but like the scale is something that's like not always like when I'm on the scale a lot, I'm not in a good place. It means that I'm obsessing about what I'm eating and I'm not like just doing the things that I know I need to do to be healthy, which are like working out and like eating clean and then like enjoying myself. Like, yes, like every time I've restricted, it doesn't work. It always goes like this, but like anytime I've been like staring at the scale, it's never a good time in my life. It's not, it's just not good. So to take someone with an eating disorder that tells you they have an eating disorder and weigh them right away and then tell them to be, to vilify food, you know, like I posted today, like, like literally Tanya writing herself, like stay, you know, I would switch out watermelon for berries. Like, I mean, that was one of the first things I was like, what planet am I living in? Like somebody was writing me, these women are writing, like, I'm scared of watermelon. I'm scared of bananas, scared of sweet potatoes. I'm scared of oats, scared of oatmeal. And I'm just like, huh? Like, I mean, and people have been writing me, thanking me and I'm, I'm, I'm flattered, but also like, holy shit. Like, this is so much bigger than I thought when people are like, I ate a piece of pizza today because of you, or I ate a bagel and I don't feel bad. And I'm like, I, and, and, you know, and they make a lot of jokes and it's almost like listening to somebody that's like in recovery from like an addiction or something. Cause they'll say like three bites only. Ha ha ha. You know, I post like my pasta or whatever. Cause like I post when I'm at restaurants, like food. Cause like I love food and like, I like making restaurant recommendations as part of like my scope of what I do. And like, you know, they've been so trained that like first bite, last bite are all that matters. And like, no, like, I mean, I've eaten like almost a pint of Ben and Jerry's ice cream before in one sitting. I liked every bite and I survived. Like, I don't know. Like, I, you know, I mean, I'm not saying that that's healthy, but I'm just saying like, you know, sometimes you just got to eat it. Like, it's just like, I just, it just is what it is. Like, that's just at least my philosophy. So yeah. It's yeah. very sad. It's very, and like, honestly, in the litigation part, uh, the people that have had physical damages, like the rashes, the hives, the loss of period, the gastric distress, there, there will be like a monetary bracket. Let's say if they prevail, that they'll be entitled to damages. I would personally argue that the ones with disordered eating is almost, I just don't even know how you put a number on that. Like food to me and my relationship to food and like, Family is everything to me and food is what everything revolves around, you know, like all my greatest moments with family usually involve some element of food and to have that taken away from you and to have that vilified, you know, and to have food fear and to just like, you know, that they, they love doing those pictures. Like I have them saved of like 
one bananas, three slices of bread or what, whatever it is. And it's just like, where I don't know where that like uh, mentality came from. It's just bizarre to me. Like, mm-hmm. and I feel like another country, like if you, if you took that theory of like Italy, I feel like they would literally laugh and like, be like, this is so stupid. Like, you know, they just don't, and they live a really long time. And Greeks also, I know like they in Mediterranean diet, like they kind of eat everything and like just about super like fresh from the earth farm to table. And like, they don't talk about like that. And it's just like, I'll tell you for sure. You know, I have been through my fair share of body image issues, different diets, this and that. And the one thing that's ever worked for me is not being obsessed. Like the less obsessed I am with food, the happier I am, the better I feel, you know, I don't feel like, you know, if I want to have, I don't know, like whatever, like potato or whatever, like if I don't obsess and I just eat intuitively, then I'm thriving. Like, and, and it's taken me for sure years to figure that out. And there is a way of eating that makes me feel best. But at the end of the day, if I'm obsessed and I'm overthinking it and I'm just feeling, you know, insecure all day long and thinking about food all day long, like that's how I don't feel good in my body. And that's how things don't, you know, improve and change. So I totally agree with you on that one. The less obsessed you are with food and dieting and the more conscious you are and just feeling good and like, fueling your body, then that's just the cure to everything. I but realize. that's where it comes back to like where diet culture is more dangerous than I realized because somebody like Tanya makes a living on the opposite of that. Yeah. And do you, do you think, okay, this is actually an interesting question. Do you think it's her projections of potentially her own eating disorder onto the public? Like a lot, of, a lot of people have said that, but I, I just really don't. I've, I've interacted with her in such a minimal way that I just don't know. But I certainly think that the bracelet. I don't know if people know about this intentions Can bracelet. We talk about that because that was really creepy, huh? Yeah, yeah. So they sell this eighteen dollar intentions bracelet that kind of reminds you to like be your best self, aka like don't stick your hand in the bread bowl or the candy bowl, and look at the bracelet every time you're doing it. And I, I didn't know this, but that is very um, parallel pro-ana. to pro-anorexia yeah. culture of the early 2000s where there were these online forums where these anorexic women would like support each other. And actually, the F-Factor Facebook fan group page has a lot of very dangerous groupthink that is kind of similar to that. They really like – so people <laughs> I, – I've turned a few like F-Factor groupies like the, into like – seeing my way of thinking about this and um so some of them are still in the group so they'll post like things that i'm saying or whatever and like they'll be pro me or they'll be like they'll they'll they go really soft they'll be like emily's was talking about this or emily shared this like have you seen it and they'll try to like link it and like it will get some comments before one of the admins like deletes it but you know like they just have this like they're literally, they all use this terminology, which actually Tanya and Anthony were using when this first started, when, the, when their first like week of stuff came out, Tanya was still posting more and they were like, who do you want to believe an educated, classy, elegant mom, or I don't even know what they were calling me. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like we went to the same college Okay, I went to NYU. I graduated from the Steinhardt School, which is the communication school, which I think is where the nutrition program actually is. Um, I mean, I'm 34. I don't have kids yet, but who, what does that have to do with anything? Even if I didn't, does that make me any less? Inte- they just use all these really manipulative tactics to try and latch on to people like, you know, classy like who even talks about that in 2020 elegant like I can't get over that the elegant comment like makes me laugh so much because it's like only the queen of England to me is like elegant like the queen and Kate Middleton are elegant anybody else like what does it even mean (laughs) who who strives for that it's like it's 2020 like get with it like nobody cares like you know people like people for whatever reason but it has that's like the last thing that I would think about and it was like okay, so call me not elegant, call me not classy, but what does that have to do with what I'm saying? Like, I still am speaking fact. And like, you know, she went in the Times and said, I'm the girl that just sells clothes, which is so funny because like- I'm And he to demean you anyway. But it's like, but like, actually she insulted like 
her entire community where Jewish Jewish culture is very well known in the retail industry where a lot of garmentos and like a lot of like people that came from Europe and like didn't have any money. I know I'm Jewish, here. by the way. Yeah, yeah, we came here and we started like making clothes and like schmatas as they would call yeah. it and like manufacturing. And it was like, so are you insulting? Every and also like, what about everyone that works in retail? Like, are you yeah. diminishing their entire career because you have a, MS or whatever because you have a master's in nutrition it's like what like I'm sorry and also by the way like I mean I'm not saying nutritionists are not smart but like I'm not comparing someone to like a nuclear physicist that's like you know like I don't know there is an element of science to it but like then back up your science and if there is science to it then stand behind what people are actually saying like why is there mold growing on your cookies within six hours like I have pictures of it like what is that what is in these powders that's making people sick? If you believe so much in science, then these women can send you their medical bills. Do you want to pay for them? Like they're obsessed with you. They're eating your way and then they're getting sick. It's a very simple thing. It's not so complicated. It's not convoluted. It's exactly what you want to talk about science. So let's talk about it. Why are they ending up with obstructed bowels, rectal bleeding that could kill you by the way? Um, like, women writing me that like they had to run out of the office. Like their bosses were like, are you okay? Their husbands were like, are you okay? Running to the bathroom. You know, I've had to run to the bathroom before. Like that is not a good feeling. Like I don't think there's anything worse than when your stomach drops and you know that you need to go to a bathroom and you're not close to the bathroom that you want to go, that you want to be, that you want to be in. It's a very panicky feeling. It's not a good feeling. And like, crazy. The crazy thing is, is all these women are saying, Oh my God, I thought it was just me. And then well, that's why I was like, like, what? Well, that's why I was like, I have to do this. And like, I thought about making like a group forum for them to go. But like, the problem is that they're, the F factor trolls are, are aggressive and like, they will penetrate that and they will try to like minimize that. And so like, I have just become the gatekeeper of information. And like, you know, I put these trolls on blast. Like I can't share their private DMs with me with their name but I found a loophole where I can block it out, share just the conversation. And then in the next slide, I take a screen grab of their profile and I'm like with a smiley face because it's like these people and I don't want to be like petty with them, but the truth is they're keyboard warriors and these people are disgusting. These people will come at me hard, say disgusting things to me. And then they do ne they never want to be public. They don't want anyone to know. And it's like, why? I'm so horrible. I'm so bad. I'm so disgusting. I'm fat. I'm not elegant. I'm not classy. My husband, you know, shouldn't have sex with me. I mean, the things that they have said to me and then they don't want, they don't want to use their name. It's like, why? Hey, you this is the thing. Bigger picture. What are you like? Why are you in this? Like you're not benefiting. You're just giving a voice to women. Like, it's yeah. not like you're trying to make money off of this. It's not like, you are going to be getting money from Tanya. Like, it's no, I actually have to spend money from it. Like I have to retain yeah. counsel and, um, for something that I can't like talk about yet, but like I had to, re I had to retain counsel and actually my followers started a GoFundMe page that I had nothing to do with. And they, I had, I had to raise $20,000 for paying my legal fees because I had to hire, I can't say what, but a top attorney because I have to do something. and. I could put myself accidentally at risk by saying something that like I shouldn't say. And then Tanya could sue me for that. And like, I'm not going to expose myself. And I've already, I mean, I already have a lot of exposure, but like nothing that I've said yet. Um, I believe that I, they could stand on a leg to sue me for. So <laughs> they love to use the word slander. Like in the very beginning, her nanny was like threatening me via DM, like telling me that like I'm slandering Tanya and that I better be careful. And I was like, be careful of what? And then like all these lawyers, I have so many lawyers that follow me. They're so funny. They work for like huge firms. And they're like, this is not slander. Like, can you tell her to look up slander? Like they just love the word slander. And their new word is smear. Defamation. <laughs> yeah. Defamation. And also like, I mean, I've now learned a lot about the legal system it's actually very difficult to slander a public person because the bar is very high. And like uh, Tanya made herself a public person. She loves going on TV. She's done the Today Show, Fox 5, Good Morning Mary. She's done all of them. She loves talking about her life. 
I mean, she put it in the New York Post that she has a $22 million apartment. Like, I like, I don't know many rich people that do that, but she obviously loves attention. So, you know, if you love attention, then you should know that some people are not going to like you. And to, you know, kind of go back to your point, like that, somebody not liking you is not cancel culture. Like nobody has to like me or you or anybody. They could respectfully disagree, which I welcome. I love debate. I love discourse. But they don't allow that. They don't want discourse. They want you to buy as much F-factor protein powder as you can and shut up and not complain. And that is just outrageous. And it is 2020 and like time is up on that garbage. And I don't mean the product. I mean like on that mentality, like you either like it or you shut up. No, 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 no. Let the people talk. And if you're not going to let them talk, I'm going to let them talk. So people always say to me, why don't you post the positive things about F Factor? Oh, why? Because I don't need to. There's like 10,000 pages dedicated to like idolizing Tanya Zuckerberg and like today's F Factor recipe. Great. So if you, there's no lack of information for people that love F Factor. There's rave reviews. I welcome them to go on the internet and create more if that's what they want to do. Mm-hmm. I'm the only source at the moment. I mean, me and now a few RDs that will give a voice to the negative views. Mm-hmm. So, so what's your biggest why with all of this? Is it to help these women or like for some sort, like what, what fuels you to keep going? Cause it is a scary process. Like what's your why? Uh, yeah. Like I think that like I've, oh, I'm just like an outspoken like person and like, I've never been, I'm just not scared of like anyone. I don't know why. I don't know why that's the truth. I just, I'm not, I think, I think, legally I'm not scared because I grew up in the courtroom with my dad and because my dad is a very good litigator and he's an honest man. And like my parents just taught me to tell the truth. And like when you tell the truth and you live your life like that, like you don't live in fear. Like I don't have anything to be afraid of. I don't have any skeletons in my closet. I'm very open on my platform. I discuss everything in my life. So I don't have to wake up in the morning and be scared that something is going to like come out that I don't want to. I don't have that. I'm like, yeah, like I just, these women were scared. Every, I had so many people that are like, I'm so scared to be sued by Tanya. And I'm like, sued for what? Like, and they're like, I don't know. I just know she's really rich and she's going to sue me. And like, and again, I'm like, okay. So like, I just realized if if they can bring it all to me, and then especially if they can put their names on it and not, but I can be the one, you know, putting it out there. I, I don't, you know, I don't have anything to gain, but like, I definitely, I don't have anything to lose either. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's helping, you know, a lot of women, like, like we were saying before, they're like, Oh my God, I thought it was only me. I didn't realize it was potentially because of these products. And I think just that alone could really help people. Um, yeah. You know, definitely. Yeah, potential if that's what's wrong. And, um, my other question for you is like, what do you think is going to happen? Like this has been going on for weeks now or months, you know, like, what do you think the result is going to be? Like, I actually like, what do you think Tanya is going to co- go back and say, you know what? Like, okay, we're going to discontinue the um, products or what do you think is going to happen? I don't think that's going to happen. I'll just say that like, um, it's the story's caught the attention of some interesting people. So People will have to stay tuned to see what happens. It's, it will be um, out of my hands and it, it won't need to be my story to tell anymore. Um, you know, people read the New York Times. <laughs> um, very smart people read the New York Times and they um, are interested in, you know, figuring out like what's the bottom of this. I have a hunch that there's a lot more than even what meets the eye. You know, like I'm, I'm not a private investigator. I'm not a forensic accountant. Like I don't know these things, but, um, I've been reached out to by some people that were involved in some prior things and they have some pretty, (laughs) um, big theories about a lot that like went on here. And that actually would be speak more to an element of like somebody like a power couple, but based on greed and like what that might look like. And like, you know, they're worth, or he was worth like $250 million or had access to like a pot of money that's worth somewhere around there, maybe more. 
Um, but sometimes that's not enough. And sometimes, and some rich people want more money. And, you know, I think like people with less money don't, don't see life like that. Like they kind of look to like be happy and like, you know, to me, like the idea that I could ever like walk into a store and buy anything, anything I wanted. Like, I mean, I always think to myself, like the more successful I get, the more I can buy, the less you want it. The second you could buy it, it's not as enticing. So the idea that I could buy anything, go anywhere, do anything at any time that I could still want more. That's some like psychological shit that some psychiatrist needs or some, as someone else needs to, you know, delve into because that is just like, why I, the only why I could think is for fame, for, you know, to be liked, to be needed. Like, I think the idea of walking into a New York city restaurant and having people know you was very desirable to them. I think they really liked that. Um, and I think they wanted more. And like, I think they liked, you know, socializing with whatever the cool crowd of Manhattan is. Although I'm pretty sure that cool crowd is not going to be so welcoming upon their rearrival because they feel like they were duped and nobody wants to feel duped. Nobody likes to feel that way. People want the truth. You know, the truth might hurt, but you know, you rip the bandaid off and then you move on. Yeah. You heal. Yeah. So to summarize, you think it's not going to end without a fight. It's already a fight with her and she won't stop at anything. Um, and to be honest, you know, I watched that live that she did yesterday and she's very convincing. Like she is the way that she speaks. I can, I can understand how her crowd are like, no, not, like she, from, in my opinion. Yeah, I get it. I get it. You're not the first person to say that. Yeah. Um, and I knew, cause I've seen all your stuff that I, I didn't get sucked into it and I didn't, you know, I, I saw a lot that she wasn't commenting on, but like, it's a scary situation when you're dealing with someone that can, that has such a sway, you know? Yeah. I think though that people that have kind of dealt with like big time criminals and big time, I don't know what you call it. Um, just people that lie. Like, like some people can look into a camera and just lie. People that deal with people like that on a regular basis know how to read right through that. So, you know, what, what you or I might spend a year watching and trying to figure out they spend 10 minutes and then they're like, okay, now let's cut to the, this, that, and you know, these type of people that I, that I believe are interested in this story are not going to really give a shit about this emotional nonsense that they keep trying to pull into it. They're just going to come with facts and they're going to have access to everything. They have way more access than I do. You know, I'm working with like personal stories. Like they're going to work with other things. Like I know, from my dad when I you know worked with him like the way the law sometimes works like when you're involved in a lawsuit and there's potential fraud you know you subpoena bank records and like you you can look at somebody's bank record and you can actually freeze their entire assets like they could not go to the bank I'm not saying them I'm saying like I've seen it happen where like you literally couldn't take out $20 from your bank account you couldn't swipe your credit card like that's it um and like you know, people, there's, there are ways where that ends up going, being where the story goes. And, you know, for somebody like them, I'm pretty sure like they, they can't even fathom that. Like that's like outrageous. And I'm sure they're going to listen to this and I'm sure they're going to be like, Oh my God, she's so crazy. All or whatever. Who cares? Like, I really don't care at this point. Like I actually have uh, credentials as far as like where I worked and like my dad works for a government with a government agency. And I know how things can happen when you like go down that path. And like, there's been some very strange transactions that occurred over the last week. Like they love New York. They live in New York. They purchased a property in Florida. They did a 1031 exchange for a New York sale. They made Florida primary residence, which a lot of people do because there is something called the Homestead Act where if you filed bankruptcy, just saying you can't, your home can't be taken from you. There's tax reasons to live in Florida. You know, Florida does not have, um, what is it? State tax? Yeah. State tax. Yeah. Yeah. So like if I moved to Florida today, like I would make 30% more money than I make living in New York city. So there's reasons to do that. If you're, they moved and changed residency. I mean, no, they've been living there in Florida 
but they made Florida prime. They, they filed to have Florida be primary residence, which I didn't find on my own. Like I don't wake up and look for this shit, but people send it to me. I'll like, tell you everything now. Cause they know they, yeah. Yeah. Like other people are the, the, the level that people are invested in this story is unlike anything I've ever seen or touched or dealt with in my entire career ever. And that to me only speaks to the fact that there is something more there. Like if people are, why are people so interested? What, what, what is it? I don't know. Like, I'm not sure what it is, but I'm sure it's not over. Wow. Well, craziness, absolute craziness. And, you know, I, like I said earlier, commend you for your bravery and for being, <laughs> being someone that women feel comfortable going to with all these things that they've yeah. been experiencing and I mean, that's the best part of it at least that like I've gotten to speak to some like really nice people and like gotten to know some people and like I feel like it you know they felt safe to like tell me things or work things out with me and like I've even watched like Liz the one that was in the times and like she's grown like so much from this and like felt empowered to tell her story Rebecca felt empowered to tell her story I feel like others will too and like maybe for them it will be a life changing moment. So if I was able to participate in that or had anything to do with that, that's like, that's cool for me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, good luck with everything. Yeah. Thank you. I'll keep you posted. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So where can everyone find you just before we finish recording here? Um, Instagram, how can they stay kind of up to date? How can they share their stories with you if they have? Yeah. At Emily G E L L I S on Instagram. Okay, cool. Thank you, Mimi.